welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Tuesday of the fourth week of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that celebrating the mysteries of the Lord's resurrection, we may merit to receive the joy of our redemption. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Those who had escaped during the persecution that happened because of Stephen travelled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, but they usually proclaimed the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, who came from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch, where they started preaching to the Greeks, proclaiming the good news of the Lord Jesus to them as well. The Lord helped them, and a great number believed and were converted to the Lord. The church in Jerusalem heard about this, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. There he could see for himself that God had given grace and this pleased him. And he urged them all to remain faithful to the Lord with heartfelt devotion. For he was a good man, filled with the Holy Spirit and with faith. And a large number of people were won over to the Lord. Barnabas then left for Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch. As things turned out, they were to live together in that church a whole year, instructing a large number of people. It was at Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All you nations, praise the Lord. All you nations, praise the Lord. On the holy mountain is his city, cherished by the Lord. The Lord prefers the gates of Zion to old Jacob's dwellings. Of you are told glorious things, O city of God. All you nations, praise the Lord. Babylon and Egypt I will count among those who know me. Philistia, Tyre, Ethiopia. These will be her children. And Zion shall be called mother, for all shall be her children. All you nations, praise the Lord. It is he, the Lord Most High, who gives each his place. In his register of peoples, he writes, These are her children, and while they dance, they will sing. In you all find their home. 
All you nations, praise the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. My sheep listen to my voice, says the Lord. I know them, and they follow me. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. It was the time when the Feast of Dedication was being celebrated in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple walking up and down the portico of Solomon. The Jews gathered round him and said, How much longer are you going to keep us in suspense? Are you the Christ? Tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have told you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name are my witness. But you do not believe because you are no sheep of mine. The sheep that belong to me listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never be lost, and no one will ever steal them from me. The Father who gave them to me is greater than anyone, and no one can steal from the Father. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so we're continuing the gospel from yesterday, but we're actually about three months down the track. You see, the discourse that Jesus has with the Jews about being the good shepherd takes place at the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. Now we hear that we've come to the Feast of the Dedication, and it's winter. So you do the maths, you're about three months later. And once again, Jesus takes up this discourse with the Jews who stand in opposition to him. And they kick it off. They say, look, how much longer are you going to keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, just tell us, all right? Just give us a simple yes or no. And at this point, you can hear Jesus' frustration. I've told you, but you do not believe. And the reason why you don't believe is because you're no sheep of mine. The sheep that belong to me listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. These are the people who don't listen to the voice of Jesus. They don't hear his words. In the previous discourse, Jesus said to them, I am the good shepherd. And when you look at the Old Testament, Time and time again, God is described as the shepherd of his people, and the prophets speak of the Messiah being sent to shepherd his people. And Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. It's not hard to draw the conclusion. And so Jesus points out to the Jews, to those who stand in opposition to him, look, I've told you my response and you do not listen because you don't belong to me. Now, this is where it gets a little bit interesting, because we're at the time of the Feast of the Dedication. Now, at the time of Christ, the Feast of the Dedication was a fairly recent development. It looked back to the rededication of the temple that happened in 164 BC. You see, Jerusalem was held captive by Antiochus Epiphanes, a Syrian king, and he loved all things Greek. And what he did was impose the cult of the Greek gods on the Jews. And he even built an altar to the Greek god Zeus over the top of the altar of holocausts in the Jewish temple. 
And this became known as the abomination of desolation, the desolating sacrilege. The temple of God had been profaned by the worship of pagan gods. And this was a truly terrible time in the history of Israel. It resulted in great suffering and a lot of bloodshed of those Jews who remained faithful to the worship of the one true God. But while there were those Jews who remained faithful to the covenant and to the law of Moses, there were, as to be expected, I suppose, some Jews who collaborated with the invaders. This included some of the Jewish aristocracy and the priests. And this unfaithfulness led to the abomination of desolation being erected in the temple and the temple being desecrated and profaned. Now, Read the books of Maccabees. It's a cracking story. But to cut it short, the Maccabean revolt is successful in driving out Antiochus Epiphanes and restoring the temple. And what do they need to do after the desecration of the temple? They need to rededicate it to the worship of God himself, that it would be the place where God alone is worshipped. So the Feast of the Dedication, which is being celebrated at the time while Jesus is having this confrontation with the Jews, recalls God's loving care, that he looks after his people, that he restores the temple, and that he doesn't forget his chosen ones. The temple is the visible sign that God is among his people, that God is with them. But in the midst of this celebration is the vivid memory that those Jews who had collaborated with Antiochus Epiphanes were the ones who enabled the temple to be desecrated and destroyed. That there were Jews who had blasphemed against the Holy One of Israel and that they had led others into false worship. And so the Feast of the Dedication was a reminder to remain faithful to God and to proclaim never again would we allow the temple to be desecrated? Now, remember what the temple was for the Jews. It was the place where God dwelt among his people. It was the place of God's holy presence. It was where they would go to offer sacrifice and to be in right relationship with God. It was where they would go to hear the law and to be taught the word of God. Now, Jesus, when he says to the Jews, the Father and I are one, is telling them that the place where God dwells among his people is not in a place of stone, but in himself. Not to turn to the physical temple, but to turn to him. Those who hear his voice, those who know the voice of this shepherd, are able to recognize who he is as the one sent by the Father, the presence of God in their midst. The Feast of the Dedication was the celebration whereby the holiness of the temple was acknowledged and re-established. It was a moment not only of the rededication of the temple, but the rededication of the people, that they would remain faithful to God and never fall into the error of apostasy which allowed the temple to be profaned. Now, let's pull these threads together. Jesus is speaking to the Jews in Jerusalem. And he is showing that he is the presence of God in their midst, that he is the new and true temple. But he is speaking to the ones who will reject him. And this rejection of him 
will lead to the profaning of the true temple. They will collaborate once more with pagan rulers as they cry out, crucify him, and his body will be nailed to the cross. But the temple will indeed be rededicated in the resurrection of Christ's body. And so Jesus reminds his true disciples, the one who hear his voice and follow him, that he will give them eternal life, that they will never be lost because he and the Father are one. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.